Hey there, Boom Extras. We have a great show for you today. We will be talking about ways to create the family bank, why it's important, the benefits, and the job descriptions attached to the family bank, which is an irrevocable non-grantor trust, which will protect your assets. Welcome, Boomexers. Let's throw out the old playbook. It's time to tear down the traditional way of looking at your life and money. And leverage the laws of money to our advantage. That's right. There are laws of money. And those who learn and leverage the laws of money win. And sometimes win big. Stay tuned as asset protection attorney Daryl Tuttle, educator and leader of the Boomex Nation, shows us how. Beginners, investors, entrepreneurs, fellow attorneys, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's arm this ball. Now, here's the Boomex Show. The Laws of Money. Greeting members of the Boom X Nation. My name is Daryl Tuttle, host of the Boom X Show. If you did not know, Boom X refers to two different generations, the baby boom generation and the X generation, also known as X Gen. I myself have one foot in each of these generations, having been born in 1964, which many consider the border of both generations. But as an asset protection attorney, I have helped countless clients and their families, members of the baby boom generation, do great things with their wealth. We are here to pass that knowledge on to you, regardless of the generation from which you come. Let's start with an important free resource. We are experiencing the longest bull market in history. Is it over or is it just beginning? Do you feel like you are missing out because you don't know or even care to dive into the details of the financial markets? If so, wouldn't it be helpful to find a trusted advisor to guide you and help you build true family wealth? Finding a financial advisor is difficult. That is why so few have help managing their wealth. If you are a Boomix listener, you know I am skeptical about the financial services industry. That's why I'm excited to direct your attention to Shane Kloniger. Shane is the only advisor I currently refer clients to. Shane has decades of experiencing help his clients build, grow, and protect their family's wealth. He's highly skilled and understands tax harvesting, a necessary skill in these tax-obsessed times. More importantly, Shane does not say no to people who are not rich enough, and he does not charge excessive fees, common, so common, in the financial world. Shane is the founding and managing partner of SC Financial Group. I have allowed Shane to sponsor the Boomex show because I believe in him and his services. As part of his sponsorship, he has offered a free financial plan to Boomexers. Astounding, I know. Click the link below, fill out a simple form, and Shane will send you a free plan that maps out your retirement cash flow. This will help you understand your money and give you a clear path towards a secure retirement and family wealth that will last generations. Click the link below and receive your free BoomX retirement plan from Shane Kloniger now. The whole point of the BoomX show is to bring education, knowledge, 
plans to two people who, without necessarily hiring an expensive lawyer. And, and I mean that quite sincerely. And so we are trying to bring the law to everyday people. Now, it is true that most people who are interested in a show of this nature are probably near or in retirement or are business people. And that only probably speaks to most people <laughs> in the United States, but there has to be some effort made for it for sure. Now, the Boomex Nation is just what I call the new membership site that we have started at boomexacademy.com. That site, boomexacademy.com, is a membership site, and it includes a community. And so if you become a free member, you will be able to um, interact to some degree with, for example, there's a messaging app on, on the platform, so you can send me a message through it to ask a question, even if you are a free member. If you are a free member of Boomex Academy, then you are automatically enrolled in the BoomX Show Companion Course, where I have additional content on lessons. We are building that out right now, so please be patient with me. Episode one, two years ago, the podcast has had a slow start. I acknowledge that, but we are ramping up now. Two years ago, I began the BoomX Show not far from this very location. I am back on the Caribbean in a place called Ensenada, Puerto Rico, and I am currently... A stone's throw from the Caribbean, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful bodies of water on the planet Earth, which has drawn me here. I am interested in becoming um, a sailor. I do not know how to sail. I currently have two boats, Mako and a Boston Whaler, and I enjoy scuba diving. And so I am drawn to this area for the endless summer that this region offers. I'm also drawn to this area for, I'll just say it, I'll admit it, some pretty substantial and impressive tax savings if you are so bold as to reside full-time in Puerto Rico, which I plan to do. And uh, at prior episodes of the BoomX show, I had indicated that America, the United States is in a tax-obsessive environment to pay for its sins. And after a while, as a business owner, you just get fatigued of that, and it's time to think about where you're going to retire and what's that, what is that going to look like. This episode is not about tax. It's not about Puerto Rico, but I thought I would mention that we are back to the origin, the original concept of the show. The, the BoomX show has a logo of Jack Tar is what I call him, but it's a pirate looking face. And there's even a pirate ship that is on the cover art for the BoomX show. And that's because when you are in Puerto Rico, you can't help but have this kind of pirate feel. Pirates... Uh, were very active. Pirates of the Caribbean is not just a Disney movie. They, they're very active pirate activity in this area. And so that's just like a, a tip or a, a tribute. The look and feel of this area, you can't help but think of that kind of fun <laughs> time in, in history. Now, the, speaking of history, the show that we will broadcast today is a little bit about history. On the Academy, we offer a free membership level when you're in that, you can direct message me. That's one benefit. If you have questions, that avoids reaching out through email, which in my view is not the most secure way to communicate anymore. But you can ask a question directly to me and I'll respond to you. But secondly, you're enrolled in that companion course. If you are so bold as to become a family leader, is what I call them, and interested in how to plan your estate protect your assets during your lifetime, and even create generational wealth, then that membership level we call family leader. And family leaders right now, you can enroll, may not always be the case, but as of October 2021, if you enroll, we are offering a launch special of $1 membership for 
the first month and then only $40 a month thereafter. One of the benefits of uh, being a family leader is that you can attend weekly office hours with me to ask any questions via a Zoom link. And we have great fun on it. We have regulars who appear and you get to know everybody and the fellow retirees, they ask their questions and you know, can't help but make friends. There's also a Facebook-like uh, discussion board uh, on the site. So you'll be enrolled in the family leaders group and you can ask questions there and learn from each other. And then of course you are enrolled in the nest egg course. And nest egg course is extremely important. Like it is the, like the one thing that all people should, when they're when they really truly understand the difference between asset protection as opposed to estate planning, this one strategy is the place to start. The Nest Egg course offers a f uh, free, it comes with the drafting app, which will allow you to make, create instantly a limited power of attorney, which preserves the right to make a transfer of your nest egg, that amount of money that is non-discretionary at some point in your life. And so that the Medicaid look-back periods, transfer penalties do not apply. And we even provide an irrevocable trust. Now, when you're listening to the podcast at this point, this probably doesn't make much sense to you because it is, although the first step and the, uh, an important step, it is advanced planning. And despite the fact that it is advanced planning, it's my position that you, you can take that course, learn what you need to learn, dr correctly draft a legal um, document that you need. And my law firm and a competitor to this this day still charges an astounding $1,800 for that document. I have charged clients that much when they hire me directly, but with no technology today, um, coded my own drafting app, which I've rolled out and let um, users use. And it's working really well. People come to the office hours, they have their questions answered, and they're creating these documents at, at a fraction of the price that they would if they hired an attorney who would really just has a meeting with them and then throws the documents out of and the client doesn't really know what to do. That's the whole point of the BoomX Academy and BoomX Nation is to help people not only have the legal documents that are required, but also to have the knowledge so they can correctly implement them. And so I'd like to play for you just a question that came up during last week's office hours, and you will background on one of the fellow uh, attendees, her, her cat, every single, I mean, I'm not kidding, every single office hours, the cat jumps up in front of um, her iPad. And it's funny because we haven't had an office hours until Karen's cat jumps up. And it happens almost immediately in office hours that I'm about to um, play for you. But Susan, another thing about office hours in, in, in the academy is we get to know each other by first names. And to participate in the academy, you're understanding that it's an educational environment. It's not an attorney-client relationship. Now, it is true you will receive the same documents that you would receive had you hired me or any other attorney. The, the real point is it's not just the, the legal documents. Um, so for $1 for the first month or 30 days, you, you can take the nest egg course, cancel your membership and walk away with an $1,800 document plus all the knowledge to implement that very first kind of cornerstone of a true asset protection plan. I'm very proud of that. And people are responding very well to it. However, what I hope is that folks, and so far they have, stayed on as members because they can come to office hours every week and ask questions in a fun environment. But we get pretty intense about uh, the questions that we're asking. Last week, Susan asked a question, and two actually, one of which sparked 
um, a long answer, which I'm going to recreate here for you here in a minute. But also she asked about pet trust. And so we had a long conversation about pet trust. And I, I plan probably to do an entire episode coming up soon on relationships with what if you outlive your pets, what's the best way to handle that and do pet trust make sense. So here's the question that Susan asked last week that I'd like to focus on. But my question is about, I keep asking this question and you know why, because I got these four daughters. No, you get down. So um, if it's about the lifetime beneficiary part. So if I appointed Amy, she would be the lifetime beneficiary. Is that how that works? But if I have Amy appoint a financial trustee people, then they're the lifetime beneficiary. I'm confused about the lifetime beneficiary part. Concept is. And that was the beginning of my answer. The concept is, if you think about it, what Susan is asking is, hey, listen, You've talked about this trust, this irrevocable trust, and in the nest egg course and later in life, the concept is at some point, you'll reach a point where you have a nest egg, you have a lump of a a sum of money that you're not using for your daily expenses, even when you calculate irregular uh, expenses throughout the year. And so it's like discretionary spending, really. It's not necessary non-discretionary spending. It's just sitting out there. And as people go into the different phases of retirement, their spending habits change. The first phase of retirement, by the way, is your age 65, you get the gold watch from Boeing, you have a big party, and you've been planning for this for a long time now. And what you want to do is you want to have fun. That's what you think of about retirement. And all the financial services industry is targeting and messaging and bombarding you with mental imagery. Exactly that. Like retirement is this, this just great thing that you've saved up for and hopefully you've saved enough money that's why you need millions of dollars in your retirement account that you invest with their financial broker or our broker dealer rather and their advisors to, so they can make money to finance this just basically 30-year party until you die well fine except that's not the way it works the way it works is that first phase lasts about 10 years of course it's different for everybody because they have different health and different longevity and and whatnot. But the second phase of retirement is just sedentary. You slow down and it's not cruises um, anymore to Alaska. It's not trips with the grandkids to Disneyland. In fact, if you have to go down Splash Mountain one more time with a screaming grandkid, you're going to lose it. Really, the second phase is what I call the Jeopardy phase, sitting watching a lot of Jeopardy. That's just me being a little, trying to make poke fun at or fun with that phase of life when you're just not as active. It's in that second phase of retirement that most people fire their financial advisors. They scale back. They're not taking as much risk in market anymore. The guys that are taking risk in the market are doing it for fun. It's like investment is a form of recreation and retirement for them. They don't need it. And what happens is they've now lived living well below um, their expenses. And so they're actually saving money. And that nest egg is either static, really no risk, and it's growing. And at that point, the mistake people make really is that they hang on to it under the old traditional model, which is, hey, I'm going to die some and then just leave it to my kids. And I'm not going to tell anybody about how much money I have. And I'm not going to tell them that they're going to inherit it. And I'm not going to tell them what the plan is until that day when they read the will for the very first time. Surprise, I had millions of dollars and here you go. Had I've had countless 
I know that's what you all do because I've had countless meetings with people who do that. And I'm here to suggest that there might be a better way because really, if you think about it, you're taking a risk. And the risk is simply this. I mean, like a nest egg that what you've saved for retirement, you hope it's enough to finance the fun part. When you get to the second part, there's really nothing left to spend it on unless you have a rainy day, saving it for a rainy day. And in retirement, when you save for a rainy day, it's always medical. I'm going to repeat that. In retirement, the rainy day is always, without exception, medical, period. And medical will clean your clocks. If you're age 65, of course, you are eligible for Medicare, but Medicare does not pay for long-term care. It's just chronic care. So we're not talking, when I say medical, we're not talking about trips to the doctor and hip replacements and even up to 100 days in a nursing home if you have a stroke. We're talking about long-term care. And if you think that your chances of long-term care expenses are non-existent or low, I challenge you, I do this, go to Mr. Google right now, after this episode, when you get back and type in assisted living facilities near me and <laughs> assisted living facilities near me, what will happen is Mr. Google will, in less than one second, will spit out pages and pages, web pages of listings of assisted living facilities near you. Oh, come on. Just think about it. If, if there's that many assisted living facilities and that many uh, home care agencies in your neighborhood and that many adult family homes near where you live and that many nursing homes, that means that they're filled with people. So you don't even have to go and challenge me on the statistics of it. By the way, one of the statistics is that of uh, long-term care is that if you, you are female and over age 65, you have a 55% chance of spending some time in a residential care community. And the reason is men, we are physiologically inferior and our wives take care of us and then we die young and then women are left. And so statistically, over 70% of nursing home residents are female and two-thirds of Alzheimer's patients are female. And so they bear the burden, a higher burden, higher risk rather than men do. And it's not, uh, it's probable. It's over 55%. And I don't know about you, but if I had a 55% chance of every time I drove my car to Portland, Oregon from Seattle, I take the train. Not that, that, the risk of injury, risk of accident driving to Portland from Seattle is way too high. I'm going to mitigate that risk and simply not drive at some point. Now, granted, there's a 45% chance that I get in no accident whatsoever and a 55% chance that I get into some kind of accident. It might be a fender bender. It might be a fatality or worse to me being horribly injured and surviving for years would be worse than death. And so that's a mindset that you have to start thinking about. And if you've saved all this money and worked so hard to accumulate it and you overdid it, which everybody really does, and you have this nest egg left over, the question is, should it just sit there in your name, dangling out there and just and at that point, one of two things will happen. The first thing that will happen is could happen is you fall, break a hip, get Alzheimer's, and you might as well just, it's all that a lot of that money will go to assisted living facility, adult family homes, the nursing home. I mean, like the nursing home will be an owner of part of your nest egg. Another possibility is that you just simply pass away and the kids own it. Now, if you, if you go back into um, time, holding wealth like this and the form of 
mutual funds and stocks and bonds and retirement accounts is new in history. The first mutual fund wasn't invented until the 1920s, and it was only invented because the average American could not afford the average blue chip stock. GM, when the stock GM, when the Microsoft or the mutual fund was first invented, that stock price was more than the average worker's annual salary. So they couldn't buy GM. They couldn't buy it simply because it, it was too expensive. Now, when the mutual fund came along, it, it was affordable. And then what, that, what happened, a lot of people just start participating at a price they could afford in the market. And great wealth has accumulated since then. And really retire all on top of it, too, in the 1900s. Like the life expectancy, it, it breaks down like this. In the early 1900s, life expectancy for an American male was 49.7 years, it, it, which is astounding. Um, in the Middle Ages, life expectancy for a European male during the Middle Ages was 25 years. And it took 1,000 years to double life expectancy to 50 by the 1900s. But by 1929, average life expectancy had increased in America to 61.9 years. That's like a huge jump in life expectancy from 50 years to 61.9. doesn't seem like it, but it is. It, at the same time, the mutual fund was invented. We fast forward to 2021, average life expectancy for an American male is 84. And so we've, we're reaching the point where we've almost doubled life expectancy, not in a thousand years, but in a hundred years. At the same time, a lot of folks, average Americans, middle-class Americans, quote unquote, have accumulated some, some wealth and they die with it. And so the new model is different than how Americans lived how humans lived in the kind of wealth they accumulated in the past. Up until the 1900s, there wasn't a lot of a need for estate planning other than just transferring the asset at death. You, you, you really don't have that much, and you're going to die at age 50. And so here, son or daughter, here's what you have left. But in today's world, folks are living on average into their 80s. But I got bad news for you. If you're over age 65 you have a, a one in five chance of reaching age 90 and a one in 10 chance of reaching 95. And so the, like you retire in when you're 65 and for the first time in hum, human history, you might live 20 or 30 more years. And really, if you think about it at most of that retirement, at least half of that retirement age, you, you're not really going to be spending money unless it's for high unbelievably high in skewed long-term care costs. And so when you think about, okay, how do I position myself so I have enough money to survive all of my retirement and I do it in a way that is intelligent and with the highest likelihood that there's something left over for my kids. And the great families of history had a model, a, a mental model that was is different than most Americans have today. It was a very successful mind map. And if we can just borrow from it, then really what's going to happen is we can like benefit f from that lesson so that we can finance our own education, a legal education, our... Um, support our health and our maintenance and co-pay with Medicaid, which I'll explain after the break. 
But to do that, we just need to invest a little bit of time into maybe going to an academy and learning more about these concepts. Hey, Boomexers. Have you heard about the new Boomex Academy? This online academy offers courses that are taught by Daryl Tuttle, host of the Boomex Show, and other educators. Many courses include a digital lesson book, video presentations, and illustrations to help you plan and live a successful retirement. I can, you can tell I'm excited about the Academy because the Academy, you know, the podcasts are fun. I only have a limited amount of time and I'm trying to get a lot of information out. Whereas with the Academy, I think the lectures, don't call me on this, but I think there's seven video tutorials in the Nest Egg course. So it's five or six hours about what is a trust? What is an irrevocable trust? How do they work together? How can we make a transfer? Asset protection is all about repositioning wealth so it cannot be reached by creditors right? That, that, that's the entire point. So if we get back to Susan's question, let's listen to it again, and I'm going to break it down for you a little better. It's about the lifetime beneficiary part. So if I appointed Amy, she would be the lifetime beneficiary. Is that how that works? But if I have Amy appoint a financial trustee people, then they're the lifetime beneficiary. I'm confused about the lifetime beneficiary part. What Susan's asking is like in the um, academy through the nest egg course, she has created a limited power of attorney that lays out exactly what will happen in the event a trigger event occurs. And a trigger event, it's up to her to draft that, but the, we have the software walks them through different scenarios and they choose. One trigger event could be either an age, like when you reach age 75, make a transfer of the nest egg to protect it into a bulletproof silo, an irrevocable non-grantor trust. It could be a health event. If I have a stroke, transfer the money because it's at risk. And what we're trying to do is transfer the wealth so that the title of the asset is no longer in Susan's name outright because once as long as she owns it outright then it is um, it can be reached by tax agencies by judgment creditors basic creditors it can be reached by IRS whatever <laughs> and so what we're doing is we're borrowing a page from the playbook of asset protection that goes back to centuries the first asset protection trust was created during the black plague when of the middle ages when you take the nest egg course there's a whole section about the history of trust in the states that gives you the framework we don't have time on the podcast to talk about it that's the frustrating part but which what susan is asking is she's setting up her trust now and she's a little bit confused about the different uh, players or roles inside of a trust. So a trust is a legal construct. It's similar to an LLC or an S corporation in that it doesn't exist in the material world. Like when you create an LLC, you sign or a, a corporation, you sign the articles of incorporation. And then once you record it with the secretary of state and the secretary of state of your state approves it, then voila, this legal entity comes into existence. It has a taxpayer ID number. It can own assets. It can employees. It can fire employees and it can have shareholders that can change. It can file for bankruptcy. It, it can seek all these legal protections. It's as if it's a person really. A trust is the same way. Once the trust agreement is signed and assets are transferred into the trust, it's just like a corporation, but for personal assets. LLCs are for business assets. Trusts are for personal assets. Now, some trusts 
for purposes of um, judgment attachment or uh, determining wealth or who owns what, even though it's in a trust, like a living trust has no asset protection value. It hardly has probate avoidance. You can tell that I'm trying to educate people about the limited value of a living trust, even if you have one. But a a non-grantor irrevocable trust is different because we can change and nuance the ownership of the asset. Dating back to the Middle Ages, common law, British property interests were able to be separated. So one um, pers- one job description in a trust is the trustor, sometimes called the grantor. Grantor is a tax term. Trustor is trust in estate, medieval common law term. Sometimes people call it the trust maker. So that is the person that has the asset and creates the trust, usually by signing a trust instrument. Now, in this case, Susan is the trust maker. She is creating this trust. Now, she can transfer um, wealth into the trust and designate anyone she wants to be over to be the trustee. I misspoke. Anyone who qualifies as a trustee under state law, and usually it's somebody over the age of 18, a trust company that's managed and regulated by the banking industry or a law firm. Some statutes allow accountants. But anyone over the age of 18, hopefully not convicted of a felony, <laughs> some statutes make that clarification, or if you're going to choose a professional trustee, it has to be one of these type of business entities. Now, um, the trustee is the person who's responsible for managing the, the assets, protecting the assets, and they have a fiduciary duty to guard it and protect the trust wealth. And so that's pretty heavy. And I've been working with Amy, and like everyone wants to appoint their children. And if you join BoomX Academy, you'll learn a lot on the difference in advantages and disadvantages. In Susan's case, she has four daughters and she wants to appoint, perhaps she's thinking about appointing one to be the trustee. That's fine, except that doesn't mean that child has any skill set when it comes to managing trust assets. Because remember, you'll learn in the nest egg course that an irrevocable trust is a separate entity, files a 1041, not a 1040. And so there's um, accounting requirements that the average person just simply lacks. Susan's asking, Daryl, if I take your advice and appoint a professional trustee, then are they also going to be the lifetime beneficiary? What Susan's doing is she's confusing the different job roles. The trustee has legal title of the asset. The beneficiary is the person that has what they call beneficial interest, or they're the ones that have an economic interest. They, They can't control it, and they don't have legal title, which is the point, but the trustee has a duty to make distributions to the beneficiary for their benefit. And the way we can obtain asset protection is we can transfer wealth into a trust. And as long as we ourselves are not the trustee and controlling it, and we have a different person as the beneficiary, we no longer own it. And if you think about it, really what we've done is we created a family bank rather than wait until age 75 and run the risk that these assets will be attached. We can just simply create the family bank because if you think about it at a certain age the children are going to have own these assets soon anyway if we hang on them for too long it's just going to be subject to spend down it's going to be subject to judgments if we have any credit or all these things that could go wrong why take that risk so transferring it into this trust and having a trustee manage it with different beneficiaries now it, it can't be reached now this particular trust that um 
could be subject to the five-year look-back period for Medicaid, and so we're waiting out the five-year look-back period. Five years and one day after the transfer, Medicaid's not even allowed to ask about that trust. Congress used to have a three, and the law used to be a three-year look-back period. Now it's a five-year look-back period. If Congress wanted to, they could have a forever look-back period, but they don't. They have a five-year look-back period. And that is not different than the estate tax rule. For high net worth individuals, if you transfer wealth out of your estate, the rule in my state and under federal law as it exists is a transfer that is more than three years from the time of death is not included in the estate. You can make gifts to out of your estate to reduce your estate tax liability. Now, Congress has tried to has successfully attach the gift tax with the estate tax, but for in most cases especially if there's a, a state tax. Washington has a $2 million death tax credit. So anything over $2 million is subject to a 20% tax in Washington state. One way to, to avoid that is just gift wealth out of your estate so you're below the $2 million credit and you've just made a financially responsible transfer. Now, in when you make a transfer in the nest egg course for an asset protection trust that is viewed as a family bank, really what you're thinking about is who's a lifetime beneficiary. There's different kinds of beneficiaries. One would be who's entitled to distributions from the trust while the trust maker is still alive. Like Susan, 75, she, right now she's in her 50s or 60s, I think, so she's a young woman. We're, we're talking about a plan at some later on in her life when she's more vulnerable. And if she establishes a trust and transfers wealth into it and she chooses a professional trustee who's entitled to distributions from the trust while Susan's alive, mom's alive. Well, in this case, it could be all four daughters or it could be Amy, just one. And that's called a lifetime beneficiary. The follow-up question that Susan had was, what, are, what is this about residuary and remote contingent beneficiaries? Those are the beneficiaries that are entitled to whatever is left over in the trust. So whatever is the residue, whatever is the remaining assets inside of the trust, they're called remainder beneficiaries. Now, if all the remainder beneficiaries have died, like there's four daughters, suppose they're all killed in a car accident, the I-5 scenario, lawyers have it like a rough, you have to think about the worst possible things that could happen to our client. And the I-5 scenario is, We've named four daughters as the remainder beneficiary. When mom dies, whatever's left over in the trust, we want the trust to terminate and pay to the four daughters equally. Yay! But what if they're all dead? Then that's the remote contingent beneficiaries. And that's when you get into per stirpes per capita, which we go over in the academy, but to the children of a deceased heir, for example, or a charity or any named party. So her question is, she was confused as to trustee and lifetime beneficiary. Now, it, it is true that, like one of the benefits of using a professional trustee is it doesn't cause resentment by the beneficiaries. In other words, if you name Amy, the one daughter, as the trustee, the other daughters, you've just changed the relationship. If they're all four daughters are the lifetime beneficiaries, but one daughter is the trustee, well, the other daughters have to go to their sister to ask for money. And that that just is awkward for everybody. Uh, that's one reason why I don't like naming family members as trustees. And weird thing, I see weird things happen. And it, it, the, you're, you might be shaking your head yes, because it, it's common enough that you may have experienced it yourself or know somebody who has. 
And so using a professional trustee, the bad thing is, yes, they charge money. The good thing is everybody behaves differently. If you go to a professional trustee, you're not bringing resentment and anger towards the professional trustee when you're making a request for a distribution. And the professional trustee is not, does not have any emotion about the annual distributions that they are required to make and the reporting that they're required to make that they do efficiently for all four daughters. That was um, the point, which is to set up a stress-free transition of wealth and a pot of money that is protected during the lifetime of mom for the benefit of the entire family. If you do it that way, your chances of financing your long-term care costs and having a greater amount of money left over at the end of life is much higher. There's no guarantees for sure, of course, but I would say in all cases, you'll have more money left over. That's not to say that you will have money left over, put it that way. I think we're going to wrap it up because um, I, I have a lot more to say, but we have been going now for a while and it's probably like sipping water from a fire hydrant. If you want to learn more, just join BoomX Academy and jump into the companion course where we have enhanced content. And that concludes this episode of the BoomX Show Laws of Money podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Tuttle. As a reminder, you can go to boomxacademy.com. Membership is absolutely free. And best of all, you can enroll in the Boom X Show Companion Court. That's all for now. Until next time, remember, yes, you can learn and leverage the laws of money to your advantage.